Welcome to Morgan Yes For Podcast. Trevor and I want to thank you for listening. Please help us spread the word to your friends and family by telling them to give us a listen. Another way to help the podcast is by subscribing, rating, and leaving a review on your favorite podcast player. We cannot thank you enough for listening, and we really appreciate it. Welcome to this edition of Morgan E. Asked For Podcast, February 2nd, Groundhog Day. One of the, a, a great movie if you've not seen it. If you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. Uh, but uh, Bill Murray and just and carrying that groundhog around and some just iconic stuff there with uh, Groundhog Day. Um, he did see his shadow so six more weeks of winter. It's cold here. Just talking to Trevor beforehand here. He got a foot of snow and it's cold out there. You know, uh, you know, the Midwest St. Louis on east is getting pounded by ice and snow. So it's that time of year. Time to have a nice uh, drink here. Got a little foundry whiskey, local Des Moines company tonight and watch the Cyclone women win. And really, this episode is all NFL, uh, Brian, Brian Flores uh, talk, and then uh, Tom Brady talk, and then just recapping the last couple of weeks of the playoffs. Uh, we weren't able to get together last week. Uh, Trevor was on work, uh, travel, and just kind of the way it goes with our schedule and everything. So uh, welcome in, Trev. Um, and let's just get right to it. Brian Flores suing the NFL and the Dolphins, the Giants, and the Broncos. Am I correct in that? From my understanding, yes. And there's going to be a lot to come from this. And I, I agree we have to start here because just to bring this up a couple of weeks ago, after the divisional round, I thought we'd have a chance to get together. We didn't because of work and stuff. And after the Packers lost to the 49ers, I thought, well, that would be the lead story when we get together and then those two games Sunday happened and I thought, well, we're going to have to start with chiefs and bills, mm-hmm. but we didn't, we didn't have a chance to talk. And then the playoff games happened, the championships. I thought, well, we'll lead with that. Then Brady retires. Okay. We're going to leave with that. Now the Brian Flores stuff comes out. So we're leading with the, the forest stuff here finally, now that we're able to get back together, but just a, a crazy turn of events. More is going to come out here soon. And right before we got started, I, I think we just got to start on with sports gambling picking up steam over the past few years. Uh, the owner are offering Flores $100,000 a loss to lose games. Again, that's just, it's a big deal. It's a bad look. And th- this is not going to settle down anytime soon, I don't think. No, like we were talking, and th- there's a lot of people, and, and it is a big story, and it, it is an issue. There is one blackhead coach in the NFL when the league is 75 to 80% black players. And right now there is one head coach. Now there is still some openings, so it's not done yet, but that is an issue, but you are correct. And, and I, I brought this, the bigger story is the, the tanking issue. If an owner is paying the coach to lose games, he should lose his team and he should have to sell it tomorrow. And, and there is, Stephen Ross is in, involved with uh, sports gambling as an owner. Now, I was listening to some people. There is no amount of money that he can gamble himself that would change his financial status. 
that wouldn't raise red flags. You know, like he's a billionaire, a multi-billionaire. If he goes and bets $10,000, it's like us betting $10, like might even be a dollar or 50 cents. So for him to go bet $10,000 on whoever is zero money for him. And, and nowhere is it ever found he's betting millions of dollars on anything, let alone his own team. So I, so I really don't think, but he has interest in that. And if other people know what's going on, that is a huge deal. And without even the sports gambling, if you are paying your coach to lose games, you don't deserve to own an NFL franchise because that's going against everything that sports is about. I agree with you. And like we spoke about it, it's fun to joke around in group chats or if you're a fan of a team and your team sucks and you go, well, we know we're going to be bad this year. So let's get the highest pick we can. That's fine for the fans, right. but the players, coaches, and GMs, you're talking about a 31 year old guy, offensive lineman that may not get another contract. He's trying to win games or he's trying to put out good film for other teams. Right. The coach can't walk into a locker room and say, you know what guys, this year we're going to try to go 0 and 16 or 0 and 17. That, no. That's not going to work. No. And and it is one thing, like, and, and I'm going to use baseball as an example. Baseball is horrible at teams truly tanking. Like, just, they don't put, and, and football is different because of salaries and stuff and, and just, but, you know, when the Florida Marlin, Marlins' entire team only has a $25 million, you know, salary, and the New York Yankees are paying one pitcher $40 million, you know they're not putting the best product they can out there. But each day, that team is trying to win. Now, you know over the course of 162 games, they're not going to win a whole lot. So I would say that's tanking, but they're not going in on every game trying to lose. Or that owner is not telling the manager to lose a game. Now, they know they're going to lose a lot just because they don't have as good a team and, and, and the NFL, you could do that same thing. You just don't sign anybody. But each day, like you said, that offensive lineman is trying to win. That offensive coordinator is trying, doing the best they can. They may know they're not going to win. You know, like I think there was, a, you know, when Hugh Jackson was the coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, he knew he did not have a good enough team to win. And they were going to get high draft picks. Well, guess what? Five years later, after three, four really good drafts, they're in the Super Bowl. And that's where tanking does help in the long run. If you get, they finally got their quarterback, um, but you cannot pay your coach. And, and there's accusations there by Hugh Jackson to Jimmy Haslam with the, the Browns um, and the Bengals or the Bengals there um, or the Brown. He was with the Browns, right? Jimmy. Yeah. Hugh Jackson, Jimmy Haslam were the Browns, but. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're much better after having several. But, you know, you could put the Bengals in that same situation. They've been bad for a long time. I was actually having a conversation with Tyler today, um, and he was saying how – and he's kind of a Mahomes and Chiefs fan. You know, he's nine years old. That's what he's seen. They've been really good. He's like, the Bengals are horrible and always have been horrible. I'm like, well, when I was younger, they actually went to two Super Bowls. Now, they lost, but they weren't that bad. You know, they have been in his lifetime. He's never seen the Bengals be any good, you know. So it's just kind of, and I, I could have told him in the eighties, the chiefs sucked, <laughs> you know? Well, and that, that's the thing though. I mean, with football, you, you talked about baseball too. Baseball's a little easier because 162 games football, you got 16. Now you have 17. 
So you, you can't just go into a locker room and, and tell these guys, well, you know, don't, don't try. Cause it's one game a week, right? Right. Less games. It's more amplified. It, it's more on, more on stage. So it, it's a big deal. And then kind of moving in with this text message, I'm, I'm sure you probably saw Bill Belichick. Yeah, I'm and sure he's. I'm sure he's ecstatic today. That well, I, I, there there's some theories out there because Belichick, by all accounts, loves Brian Flores mm-hmm. and also loves uh, Brian Dayball, who got hired no, by the Giants. Did, did Dayball work for him to work for Belichick or not? For everything for everything I read, yes. And okay, because he I, I he was at Alabama as well, so he he's both a Saban and a mm-hmm. Belichick guy. Maybe it was Saban I was thinking of, but he, he was an O coordinator with Alabama and then left there to go to the O coordinator or whatever at at uh, Buffalo. I do know that for a fact. So I know he was at Alabama. So there's people thinking that Belichick sent those texts on purpose to give Flores a heads up. No, I mean just because I mean Belichick didn't do anything wrong. People are like, right. well, could he, could the Patriots get in trouble? Like him knowing something isn't going to get like. No, they didn't. I'm not a lawyer, but by all accounts, I don't think Belichick did anything wrong. He just said, hey, congrats. And maybe he did it on purpose. You know, the accidental text. Right. right. I think that's like a Seinfeld or a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, might, have might have done it on purpose. Say, hey, man, uh, just to let you know or not let you know, technically, mm-hmm. you're walking into a no win situation here. And in my opinion, Flores has a, a legit argument. And you brought up. Earlier, there's only one black head coach right now, and I heard, I heard a lot of players talking today, and and they were all, they weren't saying like, hey, there needs to be 16 white coaches, 16 black, or, or whatever the number needs to be, but more than one. I think common sense, right? There probably needs to be more than one, and I know right. there has been in years past. Yeah, and there, there was, about, you know, last year there was three. I think you know David Coley there at at Houston, and, and then Flores there at Miami, and then Tomlin. I think those three, and. And Coley was a lame duck by all accounts. Yeah, I mean, and he went into a situation where it wasn't going to go well, and they did decide to to move on. You know, and and this Rooney, let's let's kind of let's talk about the Rooney rule, the way it, it it's worded. It there is laws in this country to for you know interviewing people. You have to interview most. You know, you know with race, creed, you know, you can't hold that against anybody or whatever. I don't know all those rules, not a lawyer, but there is laws like in this country for that. But then the Rooney rule is an NFL law or rule. I shouldn't even say it's a law. It's a rule that essentially Flores is suing the NFL for not following their own rules. And he wants the NFL. That's going to be my only question is, well, the NFL can say, well, this isn't like a, a law. It's just a kind of a rule slash guideline. They're doing the best they can or whatever. But it is for head coaches. Uh, I believe it's coordinators and then like front office personnel. So it's not for like every job. It's just for kind of managerial or kind of head people. Now, in this, you know, the Bears hired a minority GM. The Vikings hired a minority GM. And, and they both, you know, have hired – it looks like the Vikings are going to hire the Rams offensive coordinator now. It cannot officially happen until after the Super Bowl with the Rams playing. I did read that this evening. Uh, but those people are hiring white head coaches, which is fine. And then these are all private companies that 
you know, they can hire who they want to be their head coach. That That's another argument on the other side. These are private companies and these people can hire who they feel is the best for their job. And, and that should always be the case. I don't care who it is. Now, the argument is, is the people hiring have are mainly white men that are going to hire white men. And it's not like I'm saying, I'm not going to go hire a black guy, but you've just the good old boys club. Naturally you hire people like you. It's why the same coaches keep getting hired. Um, I still, I, I still want to know why Eric Bianami doesn't have a job. Is it, does he not want one? And that, that's never, he's never came out and said, I've never heard him say, I really want a job. I just haven't got it. I haven't heard him say he didn't want to, you know, I've never heard. He's never really talked, which is fine. Is he a horrible interview person? Is he, you know, and and that's where I was listening to some people talk today. Like those same coaches that keep getting hired, they just must be a great interviewer. And when, when that owner walks in the room or GM, he must just wow. them. And he's like, well, he can turn it around. He can do things better this time. And maybe an Eric Bieniemy doesn't do that, um, doesn't have that big personality. But if you watch on the field and him coach, he looks like he's doing a good job. Always a question with him is, and Matt Nagy's situation has not helped Eric Bieniemy, where he went to Chicago after being un- under Andy Reid, and it didn't really work. And how much is Andy Reid really calling the offense? If he, if Andy Reid's calling every play. What is Eric Bieniemy really doing? I mean, I get that is the argument for him not having a job. Two things, real quick. Glad you brought that up. Coward was talking today, just addressing all this, and he said a lot of people are saying, "Well, Eric Bieniemy doesn't call the plays; it's Andy Reid." And he responded with, "Well, so did Doug Peterson, and so did Matt Nagy. They both got jobs." And he mm-hmm. goes, "Doesn't mean that." Uh, they needs a job necessarily, but the a fair opportunity, that's it. I think a fair right. opportunity is a fair request. Because again, by all accounts, Peterson and Nagy didn't necessarily call the plays right. under Andy Reid, but they got opportunities. He's like, not to say that they just deserve a job, but a fair shot at it. And I, I think that's a fair statement. And oh, I agree. Going back real quick, like you're talking, these are all individual hirings and they should be able to hire the best person. Totally agree. Nick Wright brought up a good point. I think it was this morning. And I thought it was an interesting way to look at it. And he, he talked about the NHL. I don't know how many teams are in the NHL. I think 28 or 30. Mm. Let's just call it 30. He's like, what if I told you tomorrow that the NHL, 28 of their 30 coaches were black? Right. That's the other way to spin it. Like, okay, oh. well, why is that? Because about 90% of the players are white you know, vice versa of football kind of, right? I thought it was an interesting point. He, I, I think he has a point with that. And again, that goes back to, we talked about it earlier, there's only one black head coach right now. It's not to say there needs to be 16 or right. 10 or 12 or whatever, but there probably does need to be more than one. And I think just common sense, sometimes we need to, there needs to be more than one, I think is a fair statement. And and here's some questions I have that I, and, and I should have looked up some of the numbers. What are the percentages of assistant coaches that are black? What are the percentages of coordinators that are black? I guess, and because those are the pivot, and I, I'm not meaning to see or anything, but it's 
you know, when you see those coordinators up in the box, not a lot of them are black, I don't think. And so, again, that's kind of that same thing. And then I guess, you know, even just starting out, you know, how many when, – when a player retires, you know, every year so many players retire, are what do most of them do when they're done? Do they go – you know, do more white guys go into the coaching or do the more black guys? I mean, I don't know what that percentage is. They're transitions, you know. Um, that's my – and that's where you have to just start. You have to start at the bottom and you work your way up. You're not going to just step into a coordinator role. I guess that's where something – that's where the NFL may need to start at this. You know, it's not going to start the head coaching job or the, the coordinator job. It's going to start when you retire – Yes, you take two or three years off, maybe just to gather yourself and then get back into coaching, you know, with the NFL. That's where the question needs to be, who's doing that? Is it white players, you know, or is it, um, you know, black players doing that? That needs to be a question that maybe I need to look into or whatever, but that's a question I have. No, it's a great question. I think, I think everything I heard today, most black players or coaches were not, they weren't begging for just to be head coaches. They understand no. the, the process of what it works. Right. They just want a fair chance. And when, when you're Brian Flores and you get that text a day or two before you go on that, that meeting, <laughs> it's a, kind of a lame duck meeting. And that, that's the, the BS of it, I guess. And, 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 that, and, and you knew that was happening no matter what. The Rooney Rule caused those. those. If you're not going to hire him, don't go interview him. I've always said that on, on some, some situations where I've tried to get coaching jobs. If you're not going to hire me, you don't want to, I don't want to interview. I don't. Right. I mean, no. imagine if you interviewed to be a head coach at uh, a Tumble or any right. hill or whatever. And you got a text from someone you knew in the athletic right. department and they said, Hey, congrats, Ryan. You're like, Oh, thanks. Like, Oh, whoops. Wrong. Ryan met right. the other one. I mean, that, that piss you off. You'd be embarrassed or, or whatever the, the feeling be like this is stupid. Right. Now, exactly. Now I, I think it was funny that he went ahead and went with the interview knowing that it was a sham. You know, I think it's good. That, I, oh, I do. I do too. And so then he can say, Hey, I got this text whatever day. And then three days later, he can prove that he was in an interview. You know, I mean, it's, he has done a great job. Now I do. I hope he is not done coaching. I hope he gets another chance. He may not be a head coach next year, uh, but I hope he gets a chance to, to, to coach if he wants to um, and then work his way back up um, because you know, you know, people are saying he should have been fired. Well, obviously, you know, if, if he wasn't happy with the owner and the owner wasn't happy with him for not meeting with it, sounds like on a yacht with Deshaun Watson, he didn't want any part of that and stuff like that. So there's big disagreements there. And you can say, yes, he finished the season eight and one, but he also started one and seven or whatever. So, I mean, there was questions to his coaching before. And so you can you can judge his coaching merits to his own, but uh, I hope he's not done coaching if he wants to continue coaching. He won't be, and, and there was a lot of people that thought that he would get hired again this coaching round. There, there's still openings. I say he he still might. I mean, it's it's not over yet. But every everything on the side I get on that balances junior high that I talk about every once in a while here, a lot of bike or uh, Dolphins and Patriots fans that that have read enough about him or know enough about him, you know not personally, but just stuff that they read from, from local news sources. 
this lawsuit is not about money because I see a mm-hmm. lot of silly comments. People are like, oh, it's just a money grab. He's only 40 years old. This mm-hmm. guy will coach for another 30 years if he wants. They they explain him as an old school guy, you know, like your dad or your grandpa. You hear the stories of a handshake used to mean something. When you shook a man's hand, that was a deal. That's how they explain him. Like, yeah, if this it, was a money grab, he would have taken $100,000. Well, right. And that's what they're saying. Like, he's going to go to the very end with this. There's not right. going to be a settlement is what people think. Like, he will right. not settle. This is not about money. He has to get money involved to raise attention. Right. Yet, you know, people talk about like we're doing. He will not settle. He's going to either win or lose this case. Mm-hmm. And he's going to fight till the very end. Well, so, and... and you know, if it's not, he doesn't, ultimately, I don't think he cares if he wins or lose. Now he's, he's, he's done his job. He's made it aware that this is an issue. Then the other thing that has to come up and this came up out where you are, the Denver Broncos are for sale. Who's going to buy that team? We don't know. You know, Mannings are in, you know, Mannings can't afford to do it themselves. They're going to have to get a whole bunch of other people. Our friend, Mike Foster's in the mix. I joked with him today. (laughs) Yeah, I, mean, I, asked, I asked him and said, Hey, are you going to buy the Broncos? Just let me know. Cause I'd like to get some tickets. Yeah, yeah. He said, he said he's out. It's a little too much. Yeah. But this is where the owners could help themselves. And I don't know if there's a minority group that is interested in it, but this is a problem when you have, you know, the richest people in America right now, for the most part are white men, you know, you think about the richest people that could write this check tomorrow, you know, Bill Gates, Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, you know, the, those type of people are the only people that can do this. I mean, $4 billion is going to be the highest sale of any sports franchise in North America ever. And, you know, those are white men and they're 40s and 50s and 60s or 70s if you would like gates you know um so and i don't know who else would be interested at all in this you know or it's going to be a group that does it and then like i have a peyton manning be the face of it kind of like what the marlins did with Derek jeter Derek jeter jeter if he brett brett and i were talking about this if he owns 10 percent of the marlins i'd be surprised i mean I, i don't really know what he owns but i'd be really surprised at that because yes, these guys make all kinds of money, but four billion dollars isn't two hundred fifty million dollars that these guys have made in their life. You know, <laughs> right? That's what they made in their career. This is right, a one, right. This is a buy it then. Yeah. So you, you you bring up a good point, and it's it, it brings up a lot of big questions, and I, I think it's good to start talking about it. Get again, I, we don't have the answers on here. No. Especially with the Florida stuff, but I, I thought we should have started out with it because there's a lot going on. Um, some people were talking about could the Patriots be in trouble. I just want to hit on that real quick. I Belichick's not at any fault for someone telling him something. He, no, mean, and, and if you think the Giants, you know, obviously the Giants could lose some draft picks, or the Dolphins could lose some draft picks. Yeah, yeah, and, and maybe that's where we need to, you know, if, if the Giants had already told someone that they are hiring Dable. And went ahead and interviewed other people. That's that's it's it's not illegal, probably. It's just not ethical. I mean, I it's think. just it's shitty, is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if John Elway and and company showed up an hour or so late, drunk and hammered, that's just unprofessional. I mean, is it illegal? No, it's super unprofessional. 
Now the Dolphins, if they're trying offering him a hundred thousand dollars, you can that's racketeering that you can get into that's illegal. You know that's the big deal, right? There. Right. Um, Legally wise, at right. least NFL and yeah, yeah, and 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 to think that you know with both Brian Dable and Brian Flores being involved in that Giants, you know, search. If you think the Giants aren't calling Bill Belichick to ask about both of them or one of them, you're crazy. All these teams work together. I mean, I, you know, and I think Belichick probably still has a relationship with the Giants because it's the same family that owns them as it owned them when he worked there. You know, I mean. By all accounts, he gave a word of approval for Joe Judge. So, right. Yeah, exactly. And there's people that say he's got some hurt feelings in the past about the Giants, but you're right, right though. For the most part, 90, 95% of the time, all these guys work together or will work together at some point. Right. So the grudges, there are grudges. I mean, it's not a perfect yeah. industry, but for the most part, you're right. They, they all work together. They talk, they communicate. Hey, what do you know about this guy? What do you know about this situation? That, I mean, that, that's stuff that goes on. I, I would be absolutely shocked if the New York Giants doesn't have somebody working in their front office that hasn't worked for the Patriots in the last 20 years. Every team has someone that's worked for the Patriots because they're try- everybody's trying to copy what they've done. <laughs> You're probably not far off on that. That's yeah. I'd, I'd like to know what that is, but you, you're probably not far off. Yeah. I, if every team doesn't have somebody that has something to do with the Patriots in the last 20 years, I want to know that team. I bet they're not very good. Most likely. Yeah. Most likely. So no, I, it was kind of crazy. Like I said, when we first got started, I, I thought like two weeks ago, we would have started with other stuff. Then the other day, I thought we would start with Brady. Well, now let's get into Brady because uh, the greatest of all times retired. And I'm going to actually just give it to you, just your thoughts. Because I actually don't have a lot of thoughts on this, which would be surprising. But I, I feel like I'm going to hopefully put it in good words. I, I, I actually feel bad for him and, and just how it went down. He deserved better because, like you said, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, you know, there's arguments here, there he's played in 10 Super Bowls. There's only been 56 total. He's played in more Super Bowls than any team that's ever been in them. And he has more Super Bowl wins than any team. I mean, it's insane what he's done. He's got more wins since he's 40 than you know, he's got more playoff wins than any. I mean, you just name a record and he has it. He deserved to do it on his own accord. And I don't like seeing it. I don't even like seeing it on Instagram when he put it there. I don't, he needed to and deserved, and maybe he didn't want to do it. So, I mean, if this is how he kind of wanted to do it, then that's on him and that's okay. He deserved to have a press conference where, his friends, family, teammates, whatever, came and supported him. He des- he deserved that if he wanted it. Now, again, everybody's a little bit different. You know, maybe he thought they'd go win it this year, and then he could walk out on top or walk out at the Super Bowl. And, you know, so he wasn't as planned. There is talk that this man in the arena show that I, I haven't watched them all, but I've watched some of them. That, I just started the other night. It, it's good. I like it. I haven't watched them all yet, but 
they've there's one more episode and they've held it off and and there's been talk that it's on there that he wants to do it but someone leaked it to Schefter and he ran with it and there's two sides to this that's Schefter's job to report news of the NFL and if he got that and confirmed it which I think he did and 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 he was proven right you know it's his job to, to do it. That's what he gets paid from ESPN to do, break news of on the NFL. So he did his job. Now, I hope he called Tom Brady. I don't think he did from just the way, but you knew he he knew he was right because ESPN ran with it and never backed yeah. down. They never, but that's the key. They never backed down. So they they knew for pretty certain. Yeah, the, they knew for a fact in their minds that this was happening. It was just a matter. Now, when that all came out, when, when he said it, and then it wasn't official yet, I was a little bit like, I could see Brady saying, screw this, screw you all. Yeah. I'm coming back just because, you know, I'm, I want to do it my way, you know, where he had made the decision to retire and Schefter wasn't wrong, but just because of how it went out, Brady's like, well, screw this. I'm coming back. You know, I, I personally, that's what I wanted to see because I love watching Tom Brady play football. Okay? No, I, I I'm not a Patriots that. fan. I'm not a Buccaneers fan, but I love watching Tom Brady play football. That last game of his, when they came back, I thought they were going to win. And then they made, they played cover zero and threw it deep. It's like, you got to be kidding me. Um, but, you know, when, when he is playing good football, there, it's not, there's no one better to watch. No one. And, and I will miss that. And, and it, it just kind of sucks because you think about he, he was drafted in 2000. I was in college. He's just a few years older than I am. And, you know, and, and I'm kind of seeing this where I'm getting to the age where most of the people that I know or, or cheer, they're all starting to retire, you know, the new guys and everything. Um, you know, it, it's, it's making me feel old. I agree. When this, when this first came out, again, it was speculation. And then I was with you. I was like, well, I'd like to see Brady come back just to say, give the middle finger, like mm-hmm. Schefter, the news. This gives me one more motivational thing that I need, which he really doesn't. But, you know, yeah. it would be he, another story. He, you know, and, and people like that need, just like Michael Jordan, needed something to drive him. This was going to be it. Mm-hmm. Screw you guys. I'm coming back. You know, this was going to be what he needed himself to work on the off season and everything and, and drive him to do one more season. And when this, when this happened, I, I was driving around, I went to the grocery store, went to go get some firewood, was running some errands. And I remember thinking like, I saw a bunch of people talking about what's your favorite Tom Brady memory or what, you know, how would you describe him? And I, I just wrote down when I got home, wrote that one thing, Tom Brady dash satisfied. I'm satisfied with this. Like, I don't need to see any more out of the guy. I'd like to, sure, but he, the guy had nothing left to prove to me anyway. No. He did everything. Like, so I'm, you know, sometimes when you watch a movie or read a book and it ends, you're like, well, what happened with, you have questions, right? At right. The end? Tom Brady answered every question that we could ever have asked because the only ones left really were, well, can he win without Belichick? Who's more mm-hmm. important? Well, he proved that yep. he won without Belichick. So to me, if you played another year, yes, it would have been cool. If you would have played till 50, that would have been awesome. 
who gave us something to talk about. But would that change our mind on him? Like, no. So no. I just wrote down Tom Brady satisfied. I, and I 100% agree. And here, here's what he's walking out. Yes, he's not walking out on top as a Super Bowl champ like Peyton Manning or John Elway or or you can, there's others. But he's walking out on top. Led the league in, in touchdowns, yards, had one of his best years ever, and he's walking away. You're not going to see him, you know, you know, Peyton Manning won at the end, but he was not the same quarterback. Tom Brady is as good a quarterback right now as he's ever been. I mean, Most he's years he'd win MVP with those stats. Yes, he's just – Aaron Rodgers had a better year. I mean, that's all it really comes down to. I mean, Tom Brady – would, would have won the MVP in 99% of the years. This year, Aaron Rodgers was better. It's the way it is. Um, and I don't know when that's voted on, but if it's voted on very recent. It's already been voted on, I believe. It's already yeah. all done. So I, most people believe it's going to be Rodgers. Right. Uh, there are some people that thought, well, now looking back, it should be Burrow, but we'll, we'll stick to Brady right now. Yeah, all that stuff. So, so the good thing is you're not going to see him not play well or be forced into retirement or, you know, even like an Eli Manning where they benched him. You know, he just, he just couldn't do it anymore. He was and, a shot fighter at that point. Yeah. So that's the great thing about this. He's going out on top. So. That I, I am, and that's what I, I thought. Like I didn't. I am I didn't happy about that. Some one moment or top three. Like my favorite moment, I think, is just recency bias. But was him tossing the Super Bowl trophy at that boat parade. Like that was him having fun. I can go back to the twenty-eight-three, uh, the first Super Bowl. Yep. All these stuff. Like I just, I, there's nothing more I need to see out of Tom Brady. Just, and and, and here's here's what I and and it, again a little bit recency bias, but just. You know, you can say what you want, and he he was unbelievable with New England. But just his person, I think we've talked about this, the personality and him getting out of his, you know, comfort zone, going to Tampa, being in a whole bunch more commercials. And, you know, like those Hertz commercials are kind of funny. You know, he's making fun of himself. He's old. He's got to plug himself in. I mean, he's kind of making fun of himself a little bit, but yet still make, you know, making money or whatever, you know, and setting up his family forever, you know, and that's what, you know, Manning's are doing the same thing. And I give Peyton Manning a lot of credit and he's taking his family with him, you know, with the Caesars commercials, his dad, his brother, and then his, both of his brothers. And so, you know, obviously him and Eli can do what they want, but he's helping his dad make money and he's helping his Cooper make more money in doing that. And, and using your, you know, famousness or whatever you want to say, it's not the right word, but, you know, clout to help your family and set your family up for ever, really. I mean, if you really want to get down to it, if, if they want to, his family doesn't have to work again besides what they want to do. Never have to work for money, you know, for a long, several generations. And I, I like it when people do that. For sure. Yeah, you, you brought up, and I think some, one of the topics was, is okay, now Tom's retiring, what's he going to do? And I, I don't think he's going to go to a, a big network and be an analyst or anything like that. I think he's going to take that. He, he was 100% football when he was in football, right? Yeah. 
I think he's going to take that hundred percent and put it in the family for a while. Yeah. I, I, I just, I think he disappears a little bit. He disappears a little yeah, bit. He has the, the TB12 company that he's going to be involved in. He's going to promote that even more. And he's probably going to get behind that a little bit more. But I think this, if, if you just listen to him talk through the year where, yeah, I want to play till I'm 50. I want to play. I want to keep playing everything. I almost wonder if family got to him a little bit and said, Hey, it's time. I think his son's going to be a freshman in high school. I think his youngest is four or five. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and, you know, his oldest is with Brittany Moynihan or whatever, not his, not Giselle. So there's issues there with, I don't know where they all live and everything. So, yeah, I mean, I think family got to him a little bit and saying, hey, it's time. You've done everything you can. And, and he realized it. Um, you know, his mom and dad are still around, not always in the best of health. They both, you know, that's been well documented that mom's been sick and dad's been sick at different times. So I think family got to him a little bit and he just decided it was time. What's what's one more year in the NFL going to change if Tom and that's the thing. What's one more year going to change? Nothing. No, like that's not going to change anyone's opinion about him. No, so he has eight instead of seven. That's the best yeah. he could do. That's... Or whether you're a hater or love him or whatever. So I agree. I, I think he's going to go full into family mode. Mm-hmm. I think you know occasionally maybe he'll make an appearance on a Saturday Night Live or next season he he might come in the Manning cast for a week on a Monday Night Football game. But I think that's I think that's about all we're going to see. Yeah, he, he's not going to be a full. He's not going to be. A uh, Troy Aikman or, uh, you know, or Tony Romo. He's not going to go do that full time. That's going to be Sean Payton. Sean Payton's going to do that, I believe. One of those jobs, uh, you know, kind of off topic a little bit, but NFL, there's talks that uh, Troy Aikman's going to go to Amazon, uh, leave Fox, go to Amazon. So Fox lead announcer will be here and it, it will be Sean Payton. I did hear that. Um, if that happens, it's not official or anything because Amazon's, making that jump into Thursday nights, football and Amazon. There, there's talks of, you know, uh, getting into college football more and everything. So Troy. I know Sean Payne's a hot name. And I, I've heard some of those rumors of the Troy Aikman and some others. So that, that'll be interesting. Again, with Tom, I, I think Tom is going to disappear a mm-hmm. little to an extent. But, but to, to see him show up on one of those for one week, you know, if he shows up on Fox and sits next to Strahan, one week, uh, because maybe it is the Patriots and Bucks, you know, play, yeah. you know, for, hey, for an hour or two. Yeah, not, yeah, not just be a big deal. One Sunday morning, it's, it's not going to be every time, you know, and then maybe six weeks later, he goes to CBS and does, you know, just because, but not anything full time, full time, um, you know, game days at Michigan, Michigan, Ohio State. He goes to game day, you know, just things like that. And, and sits by Desmond Howard, you know, those are the things, what he wants to do and have fun with it and, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, I agree with you. He's going to take a step back. He's not going to be, you know, he's not going to be a full-time guy anywhere. He's going to do what he wants for a while. No, maybe once his kids are all graduated, then Mm -hmm. that would be a story where he needs a hobby or something to do, but I almost kind of hope he does disappear. And then all of a sudden we just get these random once or twice a year where he shows up. It's like, Oh shit, there's the goat. Yeah. We get well, and and, and if, if Manning's do that Manning cast again, you can guarantee he'll be on that several, I mean, yeah. 
several times. And, and that's great because that only is a quarter long and they can all make fun of each other. <laughs> It'll be good. It'll be good. And I'm sure I almost guarantee he'll be on there at some point. Yep. I agree. Well, he was on there already and now he doesn't even. Well, have I mean, yeah, but, but yeah, post-retirement, I'm sure he'll be on there and it'll be awesome. And, but I, I do, I think at least till his kids graduate high school or at least college, we'll see from him here and there a random Saturday Night Live, like I said, or just random appearances, but I don't see anything full-time. Absolutely. All right. Now let's, you know, it's kind of sad. We're about 40 minutes into this and we're just now getting to the games. Let's go back to the divisional round, uh, four games, all four games ended on a game tying or game winning field goal as time expired. It wasn't even like three seconds left where they have to kick off. It was literally as time expired, kicks to win it or kicks to tie it. All four games, probably the greatest weekend in football history. Real, I mean, you couldn't have drawn it up any better. The NFL already has like 95 of the top 100 shows um, this fall and winter. And, and that just goes to show you why. You, you can't make that up. You can't draw it up. It's why the NFL just rules everything. Look at this last weekend. The PGA Tour changes their event to go from Wednesday to Saturday because there's no point in playing on Sunday. No one's going to watch it um, unless you're done by 2 o'clock. Which, smart being, move. which being in California, you can't be done by two o'clock this time of year. It physically is impossible. Not enough sunlight uh, early enough. And yeah, I mean, literally games get moved around the NFL. The PGA tour has changed their entire thing to get out of August as much as they can, because they know they just lose it so much. Um, it's good for them for recognizing what it is. I yeah. Mean, I'd say, like it. But they, they admitted it and said, well, just so yeah. good for them. Yeah. I mean, the, that, and that's where, you know, the, the NFL shield, that's kind of the nickname, the shield is just so powerful. And, and, and that's why I'm going to, I'm super interested to see who buys the Denver Broncos, who, or who is he? Cause I mean, it's, it's just almost a guarantee. I mean, yes, it's $4 billion, but it's a guaranteed moneymaker or at least not a money loser for a long time, guaranteed. And, and just such a good status, you know, you know, the Mara family of the giants and the Rooney family of the, the Steelers and the McCaskies or Hallis family for the bears, you know, their great grandfathers and grandfathers all started this for 500 to $2,500. And their families are billionaires now for the, from just doing that. And they don't do anything else. And then you have the other people like, a, you know, Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft that made all this money and then bought in. But but and then they just made it their life and then they let all their other people run their other companies. I mean, it, it's just unbelievable the amount of power and prestige and money that these people make doing this. Yeah, like you said, the Denver Broncos uh, before we get in the divisional round, I mean, that's Again, there, there's so many people, it sounds stupid to say, there's a lot of people that could buy the Broncos if they wanted. Oh, yeah. And it sounds stupid to say, but it's it's the prestige. It's the, uh, hey, I own an NFL team, and it, it's another chapter or goal, whatever they want. These people typically, well, you know, there's some funny business that goes on, but they don't get to where they're at without accident. They're 
No, there, there's there's only certain type of people that are billionaires. Right. And some of them are scumbags and we understand that. And that's yeah. that's a whole other argument. But but the point being is saying you own an NFL team or any professional sport, but NFL especially, uh, that's different to say that you're an owner of an NFL team. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And, you know, obviously it has to get approved. You know, you can you can pony up all the money you want, but if the, the NFL owners don't want you, you're not in. And, and that's the other crazy thing about it. It's, it's not an open market, you know, I mean, they, so it's not like, you know, Zuckerberg can't just walk in there and say, here's a check, you know, I mean, he can, but they don't have to accept that check, you know, right. and, and I just, I don't picture him wanting in on that. Um, he's got, he's got enough going on. Yeah. The, met, the, met, the metaverse or whatever they're doing. I don't know. Right. Yeah. And but no, going going back to the divisional round, like I said, it's been a couple of weeks since we got on here. And that Saturday night when the 49ers lost to the Packers, like I said, when we first started, I thought that's we're gonna leave the show with that. Aaron Rodgers losing. Mm-hmm. But I think we gotta start with the, the Chiefs and Bills, and which is arguably the greatest maybe playoff game ever played. Well, there's well, arguments to be made for that, but by far and away the greatest two minutes in sports. Most exciting, at least yes. in the yeah, the most exciting two minutes in football. Um, every touchdown in that entire game was a lead change. And 27 points in two minutes, I believe, is what it was. And like I was saying, I, I was with my son tonight. It was the first time really with him uh, since Sunday. And, and it was like, he just is like, how did the Chiefs lose that? And I go, I. Your, your question's as good as mine, and there's a lot of people in this world asking that same question, Tyler, and he's nine years old. Um, but, yeah, just they couldn't do anything wrong, and, you know, you can look back and did the Bills' defense do anything wrong? And some of it is just the way the NFL is designed, everything it is all offense, and the Chiefs and, you know, Kelsey running routes – that's what people don't understand. These plays are called, but they don't run the plays. They they or the the plays are all options. It's and as and that's why sometimes when a quarterback throws it and there's no one around, it's because the quarterback saw something different than the receiver, and so it looks really bad, but it really isn't. One of them saw something different. One of them saw cover four instead of cover three, or the robber came down instead of dropping back. I mean, it's kind of a little bit complicated. But they just saw different things, so they ran the route a different route. Or the quarterback thought he was going to do this, and, you know, he was – the quarterback was wrong. Uh, But where Kelsey – I'm sure he's supposed to run an out or a stop and just ran straight down the field. Um, That's just them being smart and practice together and know what's going on, you know. And and there's nothing you can do about that, and – that's why those guys are the best, and that's why they've been to four straight uh, AFC title games and two straight Super Bowls and lost the other two in overtime. I mean, it, they're, they're really, really close to being uh, four straight Super Bowls. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I thought Tony Rowe brought up a good point in that Chiefs-Bills game there before they went to overtime where the Chiefs had to co- uh, convert those two plays. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was their first pass play, and the Bills rushed four players. Mm-hmm. It's a guy to agree with. I think most people would, but he brought up a good point. He's like, listen, the Chiefs have to get this ball out in like one to two seconds. You're not going to get to them. 
Mm -hmm. So why not drop an extra guy back into coverage and only rush three? And and not give now, them 30, I understand not, and not give them 30 yards. Yeah. I understand a two-minute drill. Typically, we always argue, well, you got to rush four, don't play prevent, but he there's only 13 seconds left. So I, I thought that was a good point. He's like, you know that ball is coming out within one or two seconds. Yeah, whether you rush 10 guys or no guys, gonna get, it's still You're not going to get out. to them unless yeah. the lineman falls down or something. So I, I thought that was a good point. I, I didn't think about that at the time, but yeah. it was a good point, though. Would that make a difference? You know, who knows? Right. But it's a good observation, I thought. And, yeah, that game, when when the Bills scored, I, I was at a uh, – a hotel by the Denver airport getting ready to fly down to Alabama for our, our sales meeting. And I was sitting around the bar with a bunch of Bills fans that were there. And we were joking around <clears throat> a little over two minutes, team score. And then again, it goes back and forth. And we, we kept looking at each other and saying, well, you know, too much time left. Well, and, and that when, I, I was watching it too. And like you said, too much time. Okay. So when the Bills scored with like, 159 left or whatever it was is like we knew that was too much time we've well, seen it. yeah yeah you, you see that the chiefs are going down and scoring and then there's yeah. about a minute left when when That's, it's you like, hope you get a minute yeah you hope you I'm get like, a minute to go i'm like well the bills probably gonna have a chance you know to but then they go down and score a touchdown i'm like well 13 seconds i've tried to do just do in my head and i've done football forever like well they can a good return would help well, no, they didn't. They, you know, no, you can, I know. There's, you there's can say what you want. No, you don't want to return. Even if everybody's saying they should have squibbed it or whatever. If the Chiefs were smart, even if they squibbed it, they take a knee right away or they fair catch it and no time comes off the clock anyway and they get the ball at the 25 yard line. Ooh. Or if it's squibbed and one of their up guys just catches it real quick and, and goes down one second's off, but now they're at the 40 yard line, you know, so they're already there. Um, so you can argue that, but if the chiefs would have done it smart, they would have had about the same, maybe one second left, uh, less than they had. Um, because you just, you catch it and take a knee right away. Cause you can't afford any time going off. Uh, now them kicking it out of the end zone made it super easy to make that decision. You didn't force a player to make a really smart decision. Uh, but a good special teams coach and good, smart, heady players would have given their team the best uh, chance going forward. No, the, those guys I was at the, the hotel bar with, we looked at each other and said, we laughed like, well, maybe too much time. And then one guy said, well, what if they put Tyreek back there and he returns it? That's what I was meaning. Like, mm -hmm. so that's what I was interested in because some, there was so much chaos going on in that hotel. People were screaming, yelling. I mean, it was chaos and that's joking around with, these guys, I'm like, man, it'd be tough to be head coach when you got all these people screaming. But then I remember thinking, like, well, is Tyreek going to be back there? Are they going to squib it? Are they going to kick out of the end zone? What are they going to do? Regardless, they get the ball back 13 seconds. We find out nowadays that's too much time when you have a, a, a true guy at quarterback got in the field goal range, made the field goal, and then won in overtime. So I guess we can get in the overtime stuff if you want. Um, I, I'll give you my opinion on overtime if you really want to get into it. Yep. To me. Let's do it. I, it's a big topic, and, and I'm going to have an unpopular un, uh, opinion, I think. Well, maybe I will, too, and maybe we agree on this. But my opinion on overtime is if you really want to make it fair, 100% fair, you know, no, no games, no gimmicks, none of this, you play a full 15-minute quarter. 
And if it's tied, you play another full 15 minute quarter. And guess what? If it's tied after that, you play another one. And how would you like to be a team that wins after three overtimes of 15 minutes and you have to go play next week? Your guys are going to be exhausted. So that's the only that's the only 100 percent fair way, in my opinion, to do overtime is to play a full 15 minute quarter. And I don't think that's the way it should be, though. That right. just makes it the most fair. You just play another 15-minute quarter, but that's yeah. not really Okay, so here's my question for you. I, I like that in the playoffs, but you can – and I think that's okay for the playoffs. But obviously yes, but not you, regular season. You cannot do that in the, in the regular season. And, and, and that's where the argument is going to be. Do you change the playoff rule in the playoffs or change the overtime rule in the playoffs? I'm okay with doing that because the playoffs are different. You know, you don't end in a tie anyway. Like in a regular season, you play 10 minutes, it can end in a tie. And you know that you're not going to play any more than that. But in the the playoffs, you're not going to end in a tie. So you're going to keep going. You know, it could have, you know, the way it goes, if both teams, you know, kick a field goal and then you don't score again for 10 minutes. Okay. That's fine. You end that quarter and you start it again and just whatever. So it can go for a long time. If no one scores now in the NFL with what they do, nobody goes that long without scoring for the most part, when you know you have to score to win. Right. You know, no, here's mine. I wouldn't change it. It's okay. They, I, they, I don't they, disagree with you. I think they, it's fine. The way it is. They made, they made the change. I, I did not like it when a team could go 40 yards, kick a 60 yard field goal games over. I didn't like that. And so they but a touch, that. A touchdown's different, though. T- and, and, and this is what I don't like about college. It's all about the offense. And it, there is still a defense out there. And you have to win with the defense as well. Defense can make a stop. And they did. The, they made an interception on Patrick Mahomes. They did it, you know. Um, so don't change it. Stop them. I agree. I, I either say don't change it or go to – if you really want to get serious about it, just play a whole another quarter. And yeah. you'll, you'll regret it the next week, though, probably. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's why, you know, the, the players' union and the players, you cannot do that in the regular season at all. No, no, now, no, no. I think just, in, the, just in, play the, off, in the playoffs, it could be just because you are playing to win. Someone has to win anyway. And you now, know. I did hear two interesting ideas, two that I never really thought of. One was if you win the coin toss – to start the game, then you get the decision in overtime. It yeah. just, there yeah. is no, there's no uh, second coin toss, right? It right. Just, and the other one was Nick Rank brought this up, but I this is too gimmicky. It's way too gimmicky. It would never work. But I, I think I know. What, I, I know. I think I know what you're going to say. So you throw ahead. a bit in. You throw a bit of where you want to start on offense. So the Chiefs could go like, "Hey, we're going to start at the eight, but the Bills could counter. Uh, silent bid, you know, they don't know right. to say, hey, we'll take the ball to five. And yep. then the refs go, well, the, the Bills are going to start with a longer field position at the five, so they get the ball. Yep. It, it's interesting, but it's too gimmicky. Right. And, and here's another I, one. I, I, like the, I like the idea, though. I, like I, I heard that one. Now, here's another one that I heard that, that's kind of gimmicky. Okay. Play it regularly. Chiefs go down and score a touchdown in six plays. The other team or whoever it is has that many plays to score. I mean, it's gimmick, it's gimmicky too, but it's yeah, no, I mean, but it's it's sort of this. I mean, it's a different aspect of it, but yeah, it's right. gimmicky, like you said. But it 
it brings up some good ideas and but until we have a definitive really good idea i think like you and i said either keep it the way it is because it's fair like you said now that now that a field goal can't be at least on the first drive right either either keep it as that which i think they should because they've had 60 minutes to decide the game anyway or they'll play another 15 minutes and yeah you you might win the game but your players are going to be banged up the following week and so there's I don't know if there's a perfect answer. There, there's not. But I think right now what they have is not as bad as people think it is because look what happened to the Chiefs the, the week before. Right. Versus the Bills, they they benefited. And then this past weekend championship round, Mahomes threw a pick, they lost. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, and statistically, now whoever's won the toss is now 10-2. and two. So right. that's the argument against it. And, and I agree with that 10 and two, it's two, it, it needs to get closer to 50, 50, just because that's what you want, you know? Sure. Um, you want it to be closer to 50, 50, but in order for that to happen, they got to change the rules to help the defense that that's if the NFL wants to make it more fair, they have to change the rules. Uh, they've changed all the rules for offense. Um, so they have to live with some of these issues. Yeah, they, they've created these issues. The NFL has created these issues by rule changes and everything else, and now they're living with the consequences, good mm-hmm. or bad, of right. their choices. So they can either change, adapt, keep it the same. We'll see what they decide to do. But yeah, I don't I don't know. If there's a perfect answer, but there, I think there's not. Overtime that. sucks, and no matter what, um, but it's just the way it is. You know. Um, like the NHL, they do two different things. They, they do a, an overtime and then a shootout in the regular season. But then in, in the postseason, it's just play, play, play. And how about a kick? How about a kickoff? You know, a field goal kickoff. Well, and, and, and that again, that's, you know. No, I know. I'm, I'm kidding, it's gimmicky. But... And then you're not having your best players on the, I mean, your, your, your high money players. No, I know. Now, how about this? I mean, but you think about. Um, you know, in the divisional rounds, you know, all four games ended up with a kick being made. Um, and then last week, you know, Butker with that kick to force overtime when Mahomes had a brain fart and lost 30 yards and that, that should have been a chip shot and ended up being like a 46 yarder, you know, tough kick. That's not, I easy. mean, it's, it's not easy. I don't care what you say. Um, you know, that's and then like that, try, that's like trying to put on the green from 100 yards. Yeah, and, and then at least I get the green and two putt. Yeah, and then you know the the young kicker, the 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 rookie or whatever, and he goes and kicks and wins it. That's I, I know it wasn't very far, but you still have to kick it. We've seen things happen, and the snap and the hold, and you know it all has to still work. Uh, so give credit to all those special teams for setting up and doing things correctly. No, absolutely, and. We spend probably spend enough time there. Let's let's move in real quick. I mean, we're still talking about divisional round. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rams sneaking out of Tampa with a win. They were up big. Here comes the goat, Tom Brady. I was watching the game, like I said, in the hotel room. I thought this is it. Uh, Cup had a fumble. Acres had two fumbles. The snap over Stafford's head. And I thought that this is just this is just how it works. This is what Tom Brady does. Uh, even if he's not in the game. This is just the way these games work with Tom Brady and the Rams survive. Now, here's a question for you. And this just is the football coach in me 
you had made that huge comeback and there wasn't very much time left. And, and I always kind of think of this and should the, the Buccaneers have went for two there. People talked about that. I, I didn't hate it, but again, that's the old saying and it's tough to, a lot of people say, well, they're the home team, so they can't. But in my opinion, I, I kind of agree with you because when, when the Rams got the ball back there at the end, I said, they better go down the field and try and score. Like I, like if this goes to overtime, they're losing. Right. And, and, and that's, field. that's where you don't, because you had all the momentum, you know, they did have the momentum. And so that's where you just keep going. You are the home team and that's where you don't, but just in the back of my head, it's like, you made this heck of a comeback. Do you just try to end it right now? And they, they could have because I – Yeah, and, and it ended up not because they went down. I mean, but – No, but you, you bring up a good point because, again, like, I don't, I don't know. When the Rams got that ball back, I said they better not kneel it. Even after Stafford almost fumbled there on the first yeah, play. I know. He almost did. He almost did. And then, in my mind, watching that game, I'm thinking they need to stay aggressive because if this game goes to overtime – they're probably going to lose. I'm sure most people watching felt the same way mm. just because, you know, it's Tom Brady, you're losing momentum. It's what the guy does. So I, I thought it was good that they stayed aggressive. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. Tom Brady came back from 28 to three in the Super Bowl. This was 27 to three. I think he almost did it. And he would have had like two or three of the greatest comebacks in football history. And they were all like in the playoffs. So, mm. No, I, I I applaud the Rams for staying aggressive. I thought they should because if that game goes to overtime, I don't know if, if they win. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I agree. I mean, it's – but uh, – all right, let's go to last weekend. Um, Rams over the 49ers with the 49ers having a, a decent lead there and, and just a few mistakes there. And then, you know, the critical mistake by Garoppolo, Garoppolo um, and, the, and the Rams pulled out. Yeah, the – I uh, not not surprised to see the 49ers on top of that game, but you know the Rams come storm back. Stafford had a pick drop late in that game that that could have maybe changed it. But you know if you're going to go to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl, sometimes you need a bounce to go your way. We've talked about on here a fumble you recover, an interception that's dropped, blah blah blah, all that stuff. But I. It's interesting with Jimmy Garoppolo because they, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there. I'm okay. uh, how I mean this is just so Jimmy Garoppolo took his team to a Super Bowl right just a few years ago. Took the team to the Super Bowl was really close this year, like 32 and nine as their starter, like overall correct something like that. It's it's very good record. Very, very good, good. Record. I mean it's good. And and he and, and and it's not a secret. And they showed pictures and everything. You know, John Lynch shaking everybody's hand, but then giving him a big hug, and and essentially thanking him. And then Garoppolo comes out and said, "They they've told me." And and, and I will give San Francisco credit with being honest with him. They drafted a guy number one and a you know number three or whatever it was, and they're going to go to him next year, and they're going to trade Garoppolo. But I do applaud San Francisco for being honest with him. Well, and applaud him too. He wasn't. Right. He didn't. Uh, he wasn't a drama queen about it. Nope. He knew it, and he he almost got his team to Super Bowl again. 
like, in my opinion, this is a good situation for both sides. Like, yeah. San Francisco are going to get a, a good draft pick or picks. Yep. Not a first, probably, but no. they're going to get they're gonna get a good draft pick or, or player. Like, Carson Wentz got picks. Yep. Sam Darnold got picks. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get a, a pick or a player or a combination. Yep. Call it whatever you want. Call it a call it a third that could turn to a second if he starts 15 games. Call it a first if he makes the playoffs. That's how they do all this stuff now. Yep. But it's a win-win for both sides, and they both handled it very well. Right. There was no drama. There was no drama throughout the season. Like, nope. no pettiness, no poor me, all this shit. Like, both of them handled it perfectly well. And hopefully it ends well. Like, I hope they send him to, like, a good team. Don't send and, him and that's what he team. said. He wants to go and win. He wants to go somewhere. And, and I think San Francisco will try. They're not going to just keep him if it doesn't work. If the Jets really want him, they're going to send him to the Jets. If they give him the best deal and no one else really wants him, they're going to send him to the Jets. Yeah, it'll be a combination. The, but the, if they can, let's just say Tampa Bay wants him. You know, you know. That would be a good place. They've got a decent team. They need a good quarterback, you know, just for an example, a team like that, that would satisfy everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they both, they, they both handled it in a very good way. I thought like Jimmy G did not complain. No drama. San Francisco didn't make a big deal of it. They knew what the situation was. They were honest up front. Like you said, you brought that up. Like, that goes back to Aaron Rodgers and them drafting Jordan Love. They didn't tell him about that. Maybe if they yeah. would, and it, it might not have made a difference with Aaron Rodgers, but if they yeah. would at least hold him, maybe it would have made a difference. I don't know. And again, Aaron Rodgers is on a different level than Jimmy G. Yeah. But there is but something Jimmy G keeps happens. beating Aaron Rodgers to the playoffs. Well, no, I, and <laughs> and that's that's something we're into before we get off because I want I want to bring something up, but there is something to just he said, having open conversations, being honest, like, hey, you know, here's what we're looking at. We don't know for sure, but we're not going to lie. And then you can say what you want. When you draft someone number three, you're going to want to oh, play well, rel- relatively soon. Yeah. I mean, if you draft someone number three, there's no secret. But yeah. at, least, at least let the guy know, hey, we're trading up. That way, because with today's social media, he, Jimmy Garoppolo could have been bombarded with news reporters being oh, like, yeah. hey, going on. Well, 49ers told him, so it was it wasn't any surprise. You just you eliminate all that drama is what kind of the point there. But and then no, uh, I mean they're they're gonna get a draft pick out of them or a player. Yep. And then let's just kind of talk Rams. Matt, you know, they've traded, they've kind of mortgaged their future a little bit, and it worked out. They're back again, they're back to the Super Bowl for the second time, very recent. Um, you know, if San Francisco to won, that'd have been their second time very recent. Really, San Francisco's third time, relatively recent, going back to Harbaugh and Kaepernick. Um, and then, you know, this will be the second time McVay's there. He's still a young guy. Uh, got their quarterback, Von Miller, getting there. You know, Aaron Donald, you know, they're kind of – Jalen Ramsey, they're they, – they've got – you know, you, you look back to those, like, five-star players coming into college and stuff, they've got the most. Um, now, that doesn't always mean you're the best in the NFL, but – you know, Stafford's a number one pick, you know, Cam Akers was like a five-star guy, you know, I know, know he's coming off injury. Um, Darnold was, you know, a really good college player, um, but just, you know, the Rams have good players and, and always have all year. 
won the West, which has proven to be a very difficult conference, probably the best in football. And they're going to be tough to beat. And, you know, right or wrong, they're playing in their home stadium. It'll be interesting to see. Um, that's a corporate event. It's not like it's going to be the Rams season ticket holders uh, going there. $7,000 is the cheapest seat right now to get in there. Uh, that's the average was about 10 or so. Yeah, the cheapest, like the worst seat in the house. Seth, that's unbelievable to me. I mean, it's somebody, somebody said I heard talk. Go spend $5,000 on the best TV you can. Throw a $2,000 party and have one hell of a time. Heck, we'll go to the game. Just throw a party at your house. It'd be way better. <laughs> It probably would be. I mean, again, those tickets are going to be saved for famous people at, you know. Well, and there's going to be a lot of people just because it's in LA that, yeah, $7,000 for a seat for any type of famous person's nothing. Yeah, they, Brad, Brad Pitt's going to go buy some tickets or whoever's out there. Right. Yeah, well, and they, they'll spend whatever and they don't care and they just want to be yeah. seen there. What did you think about 49ers fans? probably having more fans there than the Rams on Sunday. To me, that, that didn't surprise me at all. No, I mean, not at all. But it's not surprising. And the Rams are a team trying to find themselves as far as the uh, L.A. is concerned. Mm-hmm. Like, they're obviously very good there in the Super Bowl. That goes without saying. So I, And, I and not... the Rams are a good franchise. They, they've been to, you know, they, they were decent with Eric Dickerson back when they were oh, in yeah. L.A., you know, obviously they were good in St. Louis for that show, greatest show on turf, and now they're back. But when you move around, yeah, you, that just it causes. I don't know what the word is, but when you move around like that, it causes something that's, you know, it's not Green Bay, so to speak. So, right. The the one thing I did want to hit on real quick, and you were you were talking a little bit earlier. The Rams are in the Super Bowl now. They traded for Stafford, right? They traded Goff, two first round picks, and I think a third. And before the season started, everyone's like, well, you know, Stafford's got to win a playoff game because he's never won one. Well, he won one. And everyone's like, well, he's got to get to the NFC Championship game or else the trade doesn't make any sense. Well, he got there. Right. And then it's like, well, now that he's won, he's got to win the Super Bowl. It's like – and I feel like a lot of people on the media, they keep raising the bar, right, of what justifies a trade. I think what people forget, though, this is not a one-year rental with Stafford. Oh. Stafford's going to be there four, five, six years. Right. I mean, as long as really he wants to. And, and it's as long getting, as he wants and it, to. And it's, it's getting to be, you know, players' training's different and just the rules in the NFL are different. Quarterbacks, as long as they don't blow out a knee or something, or, or they're going to be able to play till they're 40. Right. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is as good as he's ever been. He's 38. You know, Drew Brees played well into his 40s. Brady's 44. I mean, as long as you don't have that catastrophic injury, you know, a shoulder or a knee, you can play because you're not going to get hit. And if someone does hit you, they get fined and penalized. And so quarterbacks are a protected species. And as long as you don't have that catastrophic injury, you can play as long as you want. Yeah, and I, I just feel like there's so many people in the media and online that go like, well, if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, it's a failure. It's like, you do realize he's going to be there another four or five years. I mean, now, granted, they do. he needs to take advantage of this situation because right. – He might I, be I, there. Now, there's other players that aren't going to be there, and when everybody kind of starts moving around, they're not going to be able to go get people right back. You know? Right. And I'm going to segue into something here, and 
let me know if I need to stop, but that that's going to bring them up to my next point. Stafford needs to take advantage of this, this opportunity because there's no guarantee he ever gets back here, even though I'm defending him in a way. Mm-hmm. Going back to Green Bay losing. I think most people, not all, but most people have Green Bay getting in the NFC Championship game at least, and then probably winning going to the Super Bowl. And I can't remember if we talked a while back, but it's funny how Rodgers and Favre's career are shaping up to be the same, not statistically, like because Rodgers throws a lot less interceptions than Favre did. Right, but but the rules have changed. So you you can't compare. It's just like Troy Aikman, Hall of Famer, has less touchdowns in his career than Tom Brady has since he's been 40. Sure. You know, I get you that. can't compare stats, but yeah, they each went to one Super Bowl. Well, far went to two. Yeah, he did. He lost. Yeah. But the point is they went, they both went early, one early in their career, never got back. Right. And, you know, I, I remember after Favre lost the second Super Bowl to the Broncos, he was doing a post-game interview. He's like, hey, I'm young. This team's young. I'll I believe we'll be back here many times. Never made it back. Took him, I think it was 10, 11 seasons to even get back to an NFC championship game. Yeah. Right. And that's, and then I'm looking at Rodgers this year. And, and that kind of goes back to last year, where in that NFC championship game versus the Bucks, where he got denied that opportunity on that fourth down, which I thought was a, a that's a career type of moment. There's no guarantees you ever get back. Rodgers, if he plays three more years, I'm sure he'll get back to one, AFC or NFC. No guarantees, though. Look at uh, Mahomes. Right. Oh, up, up 21-3. They're going to the Super Bowl. Nope, you're not. Yeah. Oh, there's, exactly. there's no guarantees. There's no guarantee. And that's just and, – and that's just – Mahomes has been to four straight AFC title games. He may never get back to one. You don't know that. He probably will, but he might not, right? You look at – and I heard this talk about Joe Burrow. It's his second year. You think he's got all – but he's in the Super Bowl. He needs to win it. I mean, he's in the same boat. He needs to win it. You don't, know, you don't know if you're going to get back. Dan Marino. Yeah, he got there in his second year. Thought he'd get there many times. They were really, really good. Never got back. There's no guarantees. So I that's why I was thinking about Rodgers and Favre's careers are similar. Yep. Statistically, it's a little different, but they both won a Super Bowl early. I think year five or six, wherever it was. And then they had a long stretch between championship games. Roger, well, actually, Rogers didn't, I guess. But now they have their trouble with the front office stuff. And minus the interceptions, the, those two guys' careers are kind of shaping up to be sort of similar in a way. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's it, it it's kind of funny that, you know, so the Packers have had, you know, 30 years of all-time quarterback and they only have two Super Bowls to show for it. And yeah. And maybe it, they might not even get another chance. Yeah. I mean, it's because they're, they're kind of in the same boat as the Rams. They got to make some decisions. You know, even if Rogers comes back, they can't bring everybody back. They can't afford it. I think they're 50 million over the cap and that, that love I'll come down to Rogers. Do you want to take a pay cut? Knowing him, who, who the hell knows? Yeah. Uh, and but that goes again that like you just said that goes back to Stafford and and Burrow. Stafford is on he's definitely on the back nine of his career. He's probably right. on like 14 by now, 15. Yeah. He doesn't have a lot of years left. So why I defended him saying he's gonna have four or five years there, he may never get back to the Super Bowl. Right. He needs to win this game. Yeah. And as you said with Burrow, second year, yeah, we we think he's gonna have a great career. We think he's gonna go to 
two, three, four Super Bowls, he might not ever get back to this game. Right. The Bengals historically aren't good. Right. So yeah, I mean, given given the franchise with, I mean, I'm going to give my, uh, I'm going to put my trust in Mahomes and the Chiefs over the Bengals. Right. Right. Over the next ten years, but right. but there are no guarantees, and, and that goes back. Like I said, Mahomes had a 21-3 lead. I'm, I'm sure everybody in America, including myself, thought they're going to the Super Bowl. And the next thing you know, they're out. I mean, it's just the NFL is crazy. It's what makes it fun. Should be a good Super Bowl, but yeah, that's. I just want to make that point with Rodgers and Favre. Right. Like, it's kind of crazy how their careers are shaping up to be sort of the same endings in a way. Yeah, agreed. You know, and like we talked, we're we're gonna make our Super Bowl picks and, and kind of talk more Super Bowlish next week. Uh, this is about Pro Bowl this week. You know, this used it used to be a fun game. You used to watch it and everything. Zero interest, zero anything. It doesn't matter at all. Nope. Um, actually, one time I got pictures and autographs. My grandma and grandpa were out in Hawaii on vacation, same time, the pro bowl. And they were staying in the same hotel and everything. and got a bunch of pictures and everything and autographs and stuff for me when I was little and stuff. So it just used to be a way bigger deal, uh, but that's the way it is. It's kind of all all-star games and money has just gotten too big. You know, if these guys get hurt doing this stuff, it's just, there's too much money invested in these guys. It just can't happen. Yeah, the, I think most people were always like the skills competitions, like the, the quarterback throwing at the targets. Oh, that was awesome. I, I watched the thing with Tom Brady back in like 2005, was running around, going through cones and going over stuff and trying to throw and hit the, you know, it was kind of funny to watch him, you know. that's I think I think people would be more interested in that still than yeah. game. I mean, the game sucks. We all understand. The game is a it's really tech, it, it, It's, it's like touch football. It, when you think about it, there is no reason at all to even get guys on the field mm-hmm. they're just going to get hurt nothing good's going to come in this game have a skills competition people brought up having like a uh, a golf competition like the the match but but having like a full tournament yep. two person best shot yeah uh ping pong what, honestly whatever the case might be but they just need to put have all the players that earned the earned the pro bowl go on vacation for a week and again, have a big dinner, have awards and just be done with it. There is zero. There is zero reason to be on a football field or even touch a football or anything. Yes. You know, a lot of them have it in their contract. If they get it, they get a bonus. So great. Celebrate that. Um, Celebrate football, but there is zero reason for a game. Now there is just too much money involved. You know, the, the, $100,000 $100,000 skills competition winner that used to be that used to matter, you know, I mean, those guys, not that they were ever poor, but they weren't wealthy like they are now. Um, that stuff mattered. It $100,000 to these guys now is nothing. No, it's, it's not worth their career tearing tear ACL or something, but I agree with you. They, get rid of the game, the skills competitions. If you can make it something that's, you know, basically safe, uh, just throwing a ball to target, ping pong, yeah. pool you know, dumb stuff right. like that, which I know yep. is not exciting, but there's bar, no need to bar, have bar games, darts, bags. Well, yeah, I mean, there's just, there's just no need to have a game. No need. And, and then what, you know, they moved it up to this week. So the teams that are in the Super Bowl don't, aren't playing. So, th- so several pro-, pro bowlers can't play and just physically cannot. And then the teams that just got done 
that now the game doesn't matter. They're not going to play, you know, so just how many players aren't playing just because they're not, it's not used to be in Hawaii. So even after the Super Bowl is that week after the Super Bowl, they all flew to Hawaii and went on vacation for a week. Well, now it's in Vegas, which is fun, but it's not a place you're taking your family on vacation for a week, probably. You know, it's just different. Yeah, no, to me, it's just if, if you want to have the Pro Bowl just for being voting purposes, that's fine. Like, hey, I made the Pro Bowl. That's great. No need to play a game. Just like you said, there's no need for a game at this point. You can still have the voting. The voting's fine by your peers, whatever. But to have a game, there's there's no point to have a game. Nothing good's going to come of it. Are we going to change our opinions about Justin Herbert or Mac Jones or or whoever's in the Pro Bowl until they tear their ACL and then they're out for the entire season? Like, what's the point of the Pro Bowl? Absolutely. I mean, it, it's and, – and unfortunately, all our all-star games are getting that way. It used to be fun. You know, like you go to the NBA, the dunk contest and the three-point contest was awesome because it was the best. NBA player. and MLB had the best ones, actually. Yeah. Still, but, do, but, still do. Still do. But, you know, the dunk contest and the three-point contest don't have the best players. Of, you know, unless Steph Curry's in it, it's irrelevant. Right. You know, and he doesn't want to do it. Um, dunk contest, unless, you know, the best players are in it. You know, Jordan was in it most years, you know, I mean, but again, it's the same thing. They don't have to do this stuff. They don't need that to make them famous and rich like they did in the eighties. So it made Jordan the dunk contest, jumping off the free throw line. It was games. I mean, he was really good, but he got famous first for dunking in the dunk contest. That made him famous. That got him the shoe deals and everything. And then he became a really good basketball player on a really good team. Absolutely. And, and think about this way, Josh Allen, the quarterback that you and I both like. Yep. Talk <clears throat> What's going to be more important to us and most people when his career is over, that he had 42 touchdown passes in the playoffs or he had 15 in the Pro Bowl? <laughs> don't care if he made a play. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, who gives a shit about one and the others? I mean, I, I, I couldn't tell you how many Pro Bowls Tom Brady's made. Nor do I care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That's the least. Yeah, and that's the point. Like <laughs> the Pro Bowl, it's a nice honor. It's an yeah. honor. Like if you put it on a piece of paper and give me, not me, but if you give the player like, "Hey, you made the Pro Bowl. Cool. Like yeah. awesome." And, and I understand and- they all want to be because they all have it in their contract. They get a bonus and stuff. Yeah, make the Pro yes, Bowl. But don't go offer. make them play a game though. Yeah. No. Yeah, they yeah. fly them out. Fly them out to Hawaii or Vegas or where they're going to do it, and let them participate in the uh, autographs. The yeah, media make it a party. Yeah, make, make it a, a party big like dinner, that. a fancy dinner. Everybody show up in their their tux and their hot wives are beside them, yep. and they go to a fancy dinner and and have an awards. Hey, great job, good job. Here's your hundred thousand dollars for making the Pro Bowl, and. But don't make them play in a game. <laughs> There's no need for it. There's just no need and. I think most people are on board with what we're talking about right now. I, I think it's coming to an end, but most of the time the NFL's on top of stuff. Of course, when I say that, the first thing we started with doesn't make it. But <laughs> the, the NFL, they're usually pretty quick to get shit right. Yeah. It feels like the Pro Bowl is like, what what are we doing here with the Pro Bowl? Like well, it, it used to be pretty cool. It no, used I, and I no, I remember and, when and that's did. the problem. No, and 
and the NBA is having that problem. MLB's have, I mean, MLB's having a huge problem. It's not like the play, the everyday, it's the pitching. What do you do with the pitching? You know, your best pitchers, you don't want them pitching any more than they have to. And now you're asking them to play in an exhibition in the middle of their season, at least like the pro bowl is not during the season, you know, and, and then the NBA, the, the all-star games in the middle of the year, well, you have LeBron that already only plays half the games anyway. And now he's going to play in the all-star game and fans are like, what the heck I'm paying to watch him play in Milwaukee in two weeks. He's not going to play there because he's overworked, but he's going to play in the all-star game. And I understand that argument. I, I mean, I don't like LeBron, but if I was going to go to Minneapolis and watch the Timberwolves versus the Lakers and he doesn't play, I'm not happy because I guarantee they charged me like he was going to play. Same price. Yeah. Yeah. You so, might, you might not even go up for the game. Right. He might not even be there. <laughs> yeah. So I no, I get what you're saying. It's just the NFL. Usually I feel like they get stuff right. Most of the, on time. Not not always all right, but they're they're pretty up to speed yeah. on stuff. The, this Pro Bowl game needs to go. It, it needed to go ten years ago, probably right somewhere. But around it's that. it's again. I, here's what I'd love to see: the TV ratings. The the ratings is it's more people will watch the NFL Pro Bowl than probably the World Series or the. You're, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but you have a point there, and you're not probably wrong. And that's the problem, I guess. They look at the ratings and go, "Well, you know, we got a." And I don't know ratings. I'm just making this right. up off the top of my head. Well, we got a 4.8, whatever that means. But I hear those numbers sometimes. I'm yeah. like, I, I don't quite understand them. But a 4.8, like, well, it's worth having the game. <laughs> but it's like, God damn, do we want one of our? Do we want Josh Allen to? Not that he's playing this year, but do we want Josh Allen for? Instance, yeah. Run out there. Tears ACL and miss all of 2022 season. Right. Oh, I agree. No, we don't want that. And, and this game sucks anyway. It's a worthless game. It's it's not even flag football. Flag football would be better than this. Yeah. I, no I one agree. wants to hate each other because they have too much respect. Right. Line, D-line's like, hey, I don't want to hurt you. You don't want to hurt me. Yeah. They have careers. And it's and no one knows what speed to play at. The receivers and the and honestly, that's the worst part. If yeah. everybody plays hard, you actually that's what people don't understand about football. You get hurt, like, and that's where, like, in high school practices and stuff, that kid that slows down and, like, turns his back, that's the kid that's going to get hurt. It's not the kid that goes head on and gets clocked. It might sting for a second, but he's going to pop back up. It's that guy that stops and turns. That's the kid that's going to get hurt or actually even hurt the other kid that's going full speed. It's the indecision of what to do. Absolutely. If two kids hit hard, way less chance of getting hurt. Not that you can't, but way less chance. If you go hard and you just make a good tackle on somebody, you're not going to get hurt. But if someone turns or slows down, that's when people get hurt. Absolutely. And and that's what happens in the Pro Bowl. One guy's going hard. One guy does let up a little bit. That's... The game, the game's got to go, and I, I think it's going to go here eventually, or they'll they'll figure something out. The NFL always will. They're not going to lose their four point eight million ratings or whatever number I made up, but something's got to change because we can't have. I, I saw Mac Jones going now, and it's like, well, do you want Mac Jones to get hurt out there, even though he, maybe he's not the top guy because he's a replacement? But who, like, do we want our young players to get out, go out there, and just get injured? There's, there's no win to it other than short term long term no, I, it doesn't make sense 
I agree. So, all right. Well, anything else you want to talk about? Um, Cyclones have won some, lost some. Hawkeyes have won some, lost some. Today is actually signing day in college, like the official signing day. Um, but it doesn't matter anymore because everybody signed in December. Uh, but really, you know, we'll talk about that stuff next time. We went for an hour and a half, really NFL heavy. But that's been dominating sports with Tom Brady retiring, the Brian Flores stuff, and then the last couple of weeks of playoffs. And one more football game until yeah, August. No, that's I'm I'm that's good enough for tonight. I'm absolutely out of my way back. I text you. I know I'm back to 56, yep. 53 and one on spread. So we'll we'll get more of that uh, next time, and we'll talk about some of the hires, some of the free agent or the quarterbacks that might move around, and then the Super Bowl. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, an hour and a half tonight. That's good. Um, yeah, we'll talk about. Uh, should have almost every hire. Obviously. Looks like the Vikings are going to hire the Rams coordinator, so that will not be official even next week. Uh, but it looks like McDaniels to the Raiders. You like that? Yes or no? We don't really have to talk about it. Uh, watching his interviews, it seems like he's grown up, I guess. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I, like I think he's ready. Years ago or whatever it was. But. I think he was waiting for the, the Patriots, but maybe this shows that Belichick's going to stick around a little bit longer than maybe people think. Yeah, and, and he's taken a job, too, in a tough conference with Mahomes, uh, Herbert. And he's got Carr, though. And yeah. you never know about Denver because they help, they hired Hackett, and we'll get into that. Yep. Friggin' Rodgers, it could be the greatest division of all time of quarterbacks. But yeah, absolutely. We, we better save that for, for another time. Yeah, we, we could go. <laughs> we'll be here until 1130 if we start talking about that. Absolutely. All right. Well, again, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, and, and thanks for listening. See you, Morgan.